0: The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and bet $100 and get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions do apply. We're also brought to you by the NBA Gambling Podcast's MLK Day Bingo Boards. A $100 gift card for every single bingo that's hit. Details exclusively on the SGPN app.
1: Welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 278. Going to go out to Martin Luther King and everyone who is celebrating MLK Day today. Sadly, Canada does not celebrate it, even though they should, because he's not just an American figure. He's an important figure worldwide. So we should have the day off, too, in Canada. but Alas, Alas, we do not. And we don't take days off. Uh, here at the MMA Gambling Podcast. anyhow. So here we are in your ear holes. Hopefully you're enjoying your day off and ready for some regional MMA picks. We got a really big card coming up on Wednesday for Evicta. Two titles on the line and Gumby's going to break down six fights for you instead of the usual five. So uh, we'll get all that jammed into your ear holes for you um, as well as Recap uh, quickly uh, LFA, that, which went down um, on Friday. So I will be one of your guides here, Jeff Chalks Fox. And the Gumby I mentioned earlier would be Daniel Gumby Vreeland, the one who knows
0: all about these regional fights. That's right. I do know all about these regional fights. Do you, uh, do you, you didn't give me much else to work with. Nope. Um, do you want me to do the quick LFA 150 breakdown right since, now? Since Get you a-
1: lost money. Yes. Go ahead. Yeah. Three and two, but you lost money.
0: Three, three and two. Not bad on the year overall on the LFA. I'm seven and three though. So that's, uh, that's, that's a pretty good start. Um, in the main event, John Sweeney just did enough to stay away from the grappling Ari Farias, which I did not think was possible. Sweeney really impressed me. He's probably one to keep an eye on. Um, in the comb, which, yeah, I whiffed on that one. Co-main event, I got right. I told you to bet Thomas Peterson. Uh, I thought he was going to be negative 300. He wound up being negative 800 as he posted and negative 1600 when he closed. Um. Yeah, because Richard Foster just doesn't look like a guy who wants to fight or knows how to. Um, good win there for Peterson. He yeah, ground and pounded him out in the first. Uh, Mark Clamaco, who I had over Miguel Sanson, I thought he was going to be a dog. He wound up being a favorite, which I was kind of surprised by. He went in there and did his thing, uh, out-wrestled him, just out-worked him. Uh, so that gave me my second win. Uh, I had Jalen Fuller losing to Scott Ritz. I originally thought Ritz would be a favorite. That one was a dog, so that those got mixed up on me. Fuller, so these these are two guys who just love to stand and trade. And instead, uh, Ritz shot a weird takedown and wound up getting like a high angle guillotine choke turned into a ninja choke. Um, so Jalen Fuller wound up picking up a, a submission win where Scott Ritz might have been unconscious for like a minute before the ref stopped it. Not great. Um, and then in the opener, or at least the opening pick I made, uh, Dylan Budka, who wound up being a slight favorite over Wes Schultz. Uh, he picked up a win. So I want to go on three and two, but I want to be a little bit chalkier than I thought it was going to be. I thought I have some dogs in there and, uh, at the end of the day, they didn't wind up being dogs. So, uh, I wound up not being so, so hot as far as, uh, the way I was the week before where I had a big profit week, but, uh, we're, we're right back at it this week with Invicta.
1: Yep. And a very good Invicta card that you are excited about, right?
0: I am really excited. There, there's a couple of reasons. I'm, I'm uh, really excited about, uh some of these fights, but the the top of it's really exciting with the title fights. There's some good prospects on it, L- lots to like.
1: And Gumby likes m- most things, though, but I-, I think he's more excited than even normal. He he's an excited boy to begin with. But um, yeah, should be some good fights. Before we get all into that, I will let you know about WinBat, who are sponsoring us as per usual. WinBat is the official online sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are tons of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays because the NFL playoffs are here. Well, they always have that, but even more, it's more important now that the NFL playoffs are here. Great promos, odds, awesome and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. Ready to play, sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, get $100, limited to state availability. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. So they know we sent you that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbed.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough embed is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And if you, if I posted this in time, we are having an ML... Uh, NBA is the first letters I should say. NBA MLK Day Contest. Today, the NBA Gambling Podcast is doing a special basketball bingo giveaway for all the games happening on MLK Day. All you have to do is subscribe to the NBA Gambling Podcast YouTube page and then click the sign up link in the app. Get all the links exclusively on the SGPN app. So if I posted this in time after I get the kids to school, then get in that contest. All right. Um, We're going to go to Invicta, which is Wednesday, and there will be an article on the site as well written by Mr. Gumby. giving him uh, giving you a more detailed breakdown of the of his picks for these here fights this is invicta fc 51 tenant versus bernardo it is wednesday january the 18th when it happens 8 30 p.m eastern on access tv and fight tv up here in canada uh going down from the real works denver in denver colorado denver seems to be their home base now It was uh kansas city for ages now they they're doing a lot in Denver. we got eight MMA fights. Gumby says one of them sucks and one of them's a amateur one. So we're gonna break down six, right? Uh,
0: it does, it doesn't suck, but I I wanted to do. We usually do five. Yeah. Uh, but I had a tough time leaving one of these six off. So I wanted to talk about all six of these. The yep. one I did leave off, the other pro fight I left off, wasn't hard to leave off. Uh, it, <laughs> I mean they're they're good enough, but it's just like not particularly a needle mover match.
1: Right. All right. Let's start things off with straw weights. Fatima Klein versus Laura Gallardo um, 3 5 minute rounds Gallardo is la jefe or la jef, no sorry la jefa or hefa. la hafa I mean?
0: la hefa, which hefa. means which means the leader or the boss
1: yep the boss she's 4 and 1 with a knockout never been finished in a fight 0 and 1 in invicta 1 and 1 on the ultimate fighter was a regional champion that used to fight up at flyweight uh, don't have her age it's a mystery uh, you never ask a lady your age, though. So she's at plus 175. And Klein, the arch the arc angel. No, arch angle, angel. Excuse me. Not arch. Arch angel. She's 2-0. Oh, one knockout. One submission. Both those fights in Invicta. I have right now that she's a grappler, but it's more than that. Um, I'm sure Gummy can can um, fill those blanks in. But, yeah, she's a quite a decorated grappler. She's 5 inches taller than Gallardo. 4 inches of reach on her. Minus 205.
0: Yeah, she, she's probably more of a grappler than she was an MMA fighter. I actually had seen her around the grappling circuits before she even decided to do MMA. And, like, it looked like she could almost make her way just doing Abu Dhabi's and stuff like that. Because she she made a pretty deep run at Abu Dhabi Trials. I think she wound up finishing third at an Abu Dhabi Trials. So she, like, almost qualified. She looked really good doing it. Um, And Abu Dhabi rules are a little bit different than, like, sub-only jiu-jitsu rules. Um, it, it, requires a lot of good wrestling too, which I think is a big thing. Um, and so she's a favorite in this fight at only two and zero against somebody up against the, you know, who was in the ultimate fighter house. And I think it's, it's warranted. Like I'm picking a client here because I, I think when you watch Giardo on the ultimate fighter, um, Laura, it was, she, she looked really good in her first fight. She took, uh, Catherine Paparaki down a bunch of times and I was like, Hey, maybe this, maybe this woman's wrestling is good enough to like take her to the finals. And then when she fought Brogan Walker in the second fight, it was like, Oh, if she can't get this down or has to like struggle to get this down, she's out of her element. It, she's just not that kind of fighter who can like throw enough hands and then find her grappling later. Like she needs that grappling. She needs it early. And against Klein, I don't even know that she'll have a grappling advantage. She might be forced to stand and strike. And it's totally possible that if she goes to take Klein down that Klein just subs her um, it, it, from her back on the way down in a scramble, like a whole bunch of different places. Klein's super dangerous. So um, she just got her black belt from a, a pretty notable coach in the New York area. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm on a Klein here. I, I think she's going to have a pretty easy time with Giardo.
1: So, you like the minus 205?
0: I, yeah, I, I think it's a good line. I think it's got value in and of itself. I don't even think you have to like find a way to parlay her with anybody else or things like that. Like I, I think just like straight up she looks like she knows what she's doing.
1: All right, awesome. Um we are going moving to a Canadian, Katie Saul, uh Fice feis, Ficing, fighting Hayan Amanda. Um this will be down a weight class, Adam weight, the weight class the UFC should have. Uh, three five-minute rounds as well, and we're going to tell you about the Queen of the North. Saul first, M- my queen. Apparently, she's five and five with two submissions, been knocked out once. One and two in Invicta. She's won two straight fights. Used to fight up at strawweight. Two inches taller, two inches of reach on Amanda plus 158. Amanda is 12 and six, two knockouts, eight submissions. She's been knocked out one time. This will be her Invicta debut. She went 0-1 on the Dana White Contender Series. Uh, this only her only loss over her last six. She's won uh, five of her last six, including her last fight, which she won via submission. Is a regional champ or was a regional champ. Used to fight up at star weight and flyweight. She also is a pro grappler. She's eight years younger than Saul, minus 180. I don't like the sounds of things for the my queen of the North in this fight.
0: I'm actually going to take her here. Oh, I, I okay, like good. I like her and uh, I'm pumped that I'm getting uh what did you say plus one fifty 150 odds on her eight even 20, better even better yeah I love the odds out here on Saul um I think that five and five record there is really deceiving uh because it looks bad right like nobody likes to look down and see a five and five record up against a contender series vet you know only a plus one fifty eight line and you might be like oh why would you ever take that but like it includes like two split decision losses to like pretty decent competition. Um, and then if you watch her fight from a skills front, she, she's a left-handed striker. Uh, she fights in Southpaw almost exclusively. She does a really good job of fighting long. Uh, she, she is first of all, a longer fighter. She's, she's pretty tall for Adam weight. Um, she's going to have a couple inches of height advantage and she should have a couple inches of reach advantage here. And when you, you go back and look at high and Amanda, that fight with Denise Gomes on contender series really makes me want to fade her. She looked. You know, kind of tired. She looked like she couldn't really get her wrestling going. Um, And I think with Katie Saul being so long and fighting so long, I think she's gonna have an easy time picking Ray and Amanda apart from a distance, kind of like Denise Gomes did. So uh, I, I like Katie Saul here. I, I think people are sleeping on the fact that she's got some pretty real skills. The only one thing I will say about her, um, sometimes she she gets a little bit too. She falls a little bit too in love with just throwing one punch at a time. She doesn't put together combinations Um, that that would serve her really well to throw like a jab rear hand combo all the time here against Rand Amanda. Um, But just staying long here is going to be important for her. All right. There you go. You got your
1: plus money pick. Uh, Will there be more? Let's let's see. We're going to jump way up to Bantamweights. Claire Guthrie versus Autumn Norton. Three five minute rounds. As per usual, Guthrie Grizzly. Guthrie. Four and one, one submission. Never been finished in a fight. Three and one in Evicta. She's won three straight fights. She was 0-1 on the ultimate fighter. And 0-1 in, in Invicta's uh tournament that they were running, which doesn't count on her official record because there's only, I think, two round fights. Um, she is a pro grappler, she's a year younger than Norton, an inch taller, and has three inches of reach on her, plus one eighty-five. Norton, the natural Norton, two and one with one knockout never been finishing a fight. All those fights were in Invicta. She dropped her debut 1-2 straight since then and she's at minus 225.
0: Uh I'm I'm again going to go dog. I'm going to go dog oh. dog here. Uh I, yeah, I like the big odds here on Claire Guthrie. I think um I know there are a couple of uh you know like prospecty pundits here who are really big on Autumn Norton. They they think she looks phenomenal, but I have to say in her last fight She she clearly has skills and she clearly has, you know, like physical gifts. She's very powerful. She's very strong. But I I feel like her lack of experience in the cage and and granted, she does have quite a bit of amateur experience, but her lack of experience in the cage kind of shines through. It feels like she doesn't have a really good feel for when to put things together. She's a little bit more rote in her striking and that like she has combinations in her head that she knows works and she just throws those and sometimes without a feel for like what situation she should throw them in. Um, And it feels like the combinations come like she's hitting pads. Like she knows she has to throw this punch, this punch for this punch. She doesn't like mix it up or she doesn't do what she needs to do. And I will also say a lot of times that like rope striking leads to her coming up short on a lot of her strikes. Like her last fight, I saw she she just wind up being just short uh, on like a lot of her punches. So she'd throw a lot of volume, but without much really landing, uh, and I think that's a problem against Claire Guthrie, who, as you mentioned, is taller. She's longer. Um, and if you watched her fights, uh, uh, you know, before she was in the Ultimate Fighter house, but also in the Ultimate Fighter house, she, she beat eventual Ultimate Fighter winner, Juliana Miller, and it was a rematch in the house that she wound up losing. And it was just by like, you know, not getting the best of some grappling exchanges. But really, I, I think if she establishes her range early, especially with Norton having trouble finding that range. I think she's going to just build up a lead that like Norton almost can't take back. Um, you're going to see her get going and like find her groove and in Norton, just like still throwing those punches that come up short or maybe just like pressing too much. So yeah, I, I like the dog money two in a row here. Katie Saul and Claire Guthrie.
1: All right. Can we make it three in a row? Let's see. We're going to stay with Bantam Serena Serena Jesus versus Olga Rubin. Um, we will tell you about Ruben first. Big bad Olga Ruben, 7-3 three with three knockouts. She's been knocked out twice in her career, 0-1 in Invicta. Uh, she's only won one of her last four fights. She did lose her last fight as well, included in there. She was 4-2 and two in Bellator, used to fight up at Featherweight. Uh, she's an inch taller than De Jesus plus 160. The Southpaw outlaw De Jesus, 5-2. Uh, no knockouts, no submissions, and she's never been finishing a fight. So, seven decisions for her. Uh, two and one in the she's won four straight fights. She went one and one in the Victa tournament. I was speaking of earlier, that's not included in her official record. She's three years younger than Ruben, half an inch of reach. I guess we have half inches uh, for their reach here. Uh, minus 185.
0: Uh, I, you, you called it, I'm going dog three in a row. Here. Wow. Uh, I like Olga Rubin a lot in this fight. I have no idea how they're posting her as an underdog in this fight. Um, she just fought, uh, who we're going to talk about in a second, Tanisha Tennant, um, in the, in, in a title fight recently. And in that title fight, she was winning early on. Uh, in fact, most judges I think gave her the first round. She got a good kick game. She lands really excellent low inside and outside calf kicks. In addition to that, she uh, she does a really good job of like pressing you up against the cage and wearing you down that way. Um, actually, come to think of it, that fight with Tanisha Tennant was a split decision. Um, which you know, crazy that she loses a split decision for the title. She winds up fighting somebody else, uh, and being a, a plus 160 underdog. So yeah, like that first of all already gives me a lot of hope. And then when you look at the way Serena Jesus fights, look, I, I think she's good. But if you look at that fight she had recently with Brittany cloudy, she had a tough time getting put up against the cage. Cloudy landed a bunch of elbows off the cage and Jesus stands really heavy on her legs. She's not one of those fighters who like bounces in and out at all. She stands real heavy on her legs. So with that being said, like, I, I think she's a candidate to just get her legs chewed up early in the fight. And then if she starts rushing in, I think she's going to be the one with her back against the cage and clinches. So, yeah, I, I like Olga Rubin. Give me give me three dogs in a row. Wow. And quite the
1: breakdown, too. He just
0: doesn't just pull these
1: uh, these picks out of out of his butt. He tells you why they're going to win and how. Um, all right. Call me an event. For the Invicta FC vacant flyweight championship, who was the champion? Dan always asks these questions.
0: For flyweight?
1: Um, let, me, let, me, up, yeah, right? let me
0: let me put the intern on it. All right. The intern
1: will look it up. Anyhow, this is for the vacant flyweight championship. We got Christina Williams versus Ketlin Souza. This will be five five-minute rounds. I'm going to uh, tell you about uh, Williams first. Warhorse Williams, six and three. One knockout, one submission. Been knocked out once, submitted once. 2-0 and o in Invicta. She's won three straight fights, the last one via submission. She went 3-3 three and three in Bellator. She's five inches taller than Souza. Minus 113 in odd line, but that's the line. Best line you can get. Souza Esquidadina is her nickname. Do you know what that means, Dan?
0: Esquidadina. Um, Esquidadina. It's a bad, bad, hang on one second. It's bad um, emotion, bad, bad attitude?
1: I think so it google translated to sketchy so yeah i think i think you're in in the right neighborhood i think
0: it's yeah. i think it's a little bad attitude if i'm not little, mistaken. okay
1: yeah because the little things at the end right ina uh anyhow susa 12 and 3 eight knockouts one submission she's been knocked out twice submitted once one known evicta as part of a four fight winning streak she has multiple regional championships on her mantle yes first time we've done that t- today uh used to fight down at strawweight used to fight up at bantamweight she's six years younger than williams don't have reach info for her Her minus 115 so this is basically a pick'em contest Do you yep. have her info so, from the
0: intern yeah Karina rodriguez uh who i had forgotten was even their champ because she won it all the way back in may of 2021 uh was signed to bellator just two months after that um so they just haven't had a champ in like six months in this division because they went to Bellator and they haven't had a title fight. But uh, with that being said, I, I'm taking Christina Williams here. I like the favorite for the first time in a while. Um, and, and there's a couple of things. Oh, no, like
1: she's about- technically the underdog, minus one thirteen versus minus one fifteen.
0: Oh, oh, okay. Um, yeah, okay. We technically so, have her as an underdog. I, I'm gonna take a dog here. Um, <laughs> look at that. Uh, she's massive. First of all, that that's a big piece for me. You mentioned Souza uh, fighting down at, at strawweight because she could make strawweight. Christina Williams would have to cut off her leg in order to make strawweight. She's five foot eight. Um, you know she's she's a big woman, and in addition to that, she does a good job of keeping her opponents at range with like teeps and oblique kicks. Like she's the type who like picks your leg apart to try to keep you farther away. Um. And when somebody does rush in, she counters expertly. She, she's got, like, really good counter strikes. So I like Christina Williams for a lot of reasons. Um, Souza is an aggressive striker, so she is the type of person who would just, like, run in like a mad woman to try to get in there. But, like, she also uses a ton of, like, spinning and jumping attacks, um, which I think she she wound up, like, falling in love with early in her career because she got a lot of knockouts early. So like, I'm sure she had some spinning stuff or some, some flying stuff and it worked. And now that she's fought at the higher level, first of all, it's not working. And second of all, against somebody who, who creates range so well, like Christina Williams, it just feels like it's going to be wasted motion and she's going to tire herself out, especially in a title fight, which is 25 minutes instead. So I think Christina Williams just being like the smarter, safer, uh, more technical striker here. I I think she just picks Souza apart.
1: All right. There you go. Technically is what four dogs in a row
0: yeah i don't think i'm gonna take credit for that one <laughs> be we'll, we'll
1: call that one a pickup. all right it's true uh main event time invicta for the invicta fc bantamweight championship tanisha Tennant, the current champ versus talita bernardo five five minute rounds 135 pounds bernardo nine and four with six submissions she's been knocked out twice two and o in invicta she won three straight fights in four of her last five. She's won her last two fights via submission. She's not lost since May of 2019. She went 1-2 in the UFC. She's at minus 120. Uh, Tenet Triple Threat, Tanisha Tenet, five and one with one knockout. Never been finished in a fight. Four and zero in Invicta. She's already defended her title one time. This will be her second uh, attempt at defending it. She went 2-0 in the Invicta tournament and won the title that way. So that's not included in the record. Um, what else do I got for you? She's won two straight fights. Uh, she went 0-1 on the contender series. Used to fight at featherweight. She's two years younger than Bernardo. Three inches taller, two inches of reach on her. Minus 105. So this one's almost a pick as well.
0: Yeah, I'm going to take uh Toledo Bernardo here. Another um, dog!
1: No, sorry. Not a dog. No, not a dog. My favorite. A favorite. <laughs> challenger, though.
0: Yeah, I, but I'm going to take the challenger here. Uh, e- even though she maybe didn't look that great when she was in the UFC, I think she went one and three it, it was pretty clear, like how people were out to beat her was just with like some really great physicality. Like people who are much stronger than her stop her from bullying them. Um, And, and even if you want to go back to her only other loss outside of the UFC, it was Juliana Velazquez, the, the future Bellator champ um, or one-time Bellator champ. So like when, when her opponents can't stop her from imposing her will, which is some pretty damn good grappling, uh, she she winds up looking not so great. Uh, and the thing about Tanisha Tenet is I just don't think she's the type of fighter who can do that. You know, as I mentioned at the very beginning of the show, Olga Rubin in her title fight with Tanisha Tenet sort of bodied her up early and like kept her in bad positions early. And ultimately Tenet had the game plan to like work her way out and eventually win that split decision late in the fight. But against Talita Bernardo, who is a good finisher you, you just don't get like infinite amount of chances to like, you know, work away and get into better positions and hopefully win late in the fight. Toledo Bernardo puts people away. She like has the ability to submit you. And I, I think it's going to take just like a couple of instances of Tanisha Tenet falling to her back for Toledo Bernardo to take advantage. So yeah, I'm going to go with Bernardo here. I, I think she steals the, the belt.
1: All right. She's going to steal that belt in the cage. So recap the picks Bernardo Williams. Ruben, Guthrie, Saul, and Klein. Did I get all those right? I
0: believe you got them all, yeah.
1: All right, excellent. So it should be a good night of fights on Wednesday. Make sure you get in our Discord, sportsgamingpodcast.com slash Discord, and you can discuss the picks with us. Um, all right, that will do it for this. We'll be uh, we'll be back in on Wednesday for our UFC 283 uh, prelim picks, and then Thursday with the UFC 283 main card picks. Uh, Superfan, Hungry Man Jonks, excuse me, Superfan Parlay, and our Lock Dog and Prop picks. Um, told you about Discord, Twitter, SGPN MMA. Gumby runs that account. He also has his own account, Gumby Vreeland. My account is Jeff Fox, writer. Gumby has the top turtle MMA podcast, which will be dropping when it usually drops Wednesdays, right?
0: It actually, you might get it in the same day as you're getting this. Whoa. Uh, with the, the holiday, sometimes I, I get a little antsy. And this week is we're going to have uh, two of the fighters on that Brazil card, Tiago Moises and Daniel Marcos will be both be on the show. Excellent.
1: So make sure you listen to that. Read all their stuff at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Uh, you can check out my Substack and enter the pickem contest I have running for this week's UFC. It's moneymma.substack.com. Um, and if you haven't already, rate, subscribe, review our podcast. That, w- that would help us out greatly. And tell a friend, tell an enemy, tell everyone about it. All right, uh, Gummy's gonna take you home, and then we're out of here.
0: All right, uh, I. M Data Gibby Freeland. He's Grizzly Jeff Fox, and we will see you on Wednesday.